Welcome into the 5 o'clock hour of this Friday edition of News on the Hill. I'm Brighton McConnell, substituting in for Andrew Stuckey on this holiday weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in as you celebrate yours as we broadcast live from East Franklin Street here in Chapel Hill. It's been a lovely fall day out there, and despite it being a holiday weekend, a pretty full one, especially on the sports side. Of course, earlier this afternoon, we had the broadcast of the UNC men's basketball game, a big win over Arkansas. We'll have a full breakdown of that victory, as well as plenty of other sports updates to get to. We've had a lot of Tar Heel teams in action today and will this weekend, but a lot of other local news headlines to get to first. Also still to come, traffic and weather updates as well as Art Chansky's sports notebook for the day so bunches of things to look forward to but let's start with our top local news headlines Uh, Thursday was a great day of celebration for many people but we also did have a gun violence incident in Hillsborough that is where we begin as one man was hospitalized with a gunshot wound to the back last night the Hillsborough Police Department shared a very brief release in the early hours of Friday with sparse details but they did say that officers responded to the UNC hospital's campus after the man checked himself in with the gunshot wound shortly after 7 p.m. Investigators say that the victim, who is a 33-year-old Burlington resident, was shot while on Spruce Street. That is a residential road near West King Street and Central Elementary School in Hillsborough. Police say that the man is in stable condition and that there's no ongoing threat to the public's safety, but they are asking anyone who might have information about the shooting to get in touch with investigators. You can find the email address to use and the phone number to call by heading to our news article on chapelborough.com. As I mentioned, it is Black Friday, part of a big holiday weekend, and that means we're seeing a good bit of action out on the road and at our businesses in Orange County, especially around the shopping centers today, not only in Orange County, but right on the county lines. So be prepared for roads like 15501 near both the Chatham and Durham County lines, as well as 86 in Hillsborough near Hampton Point and 54 in Carborough near that shopping center west of town. All of those have a little bit more traffic than normal. Certainly those shopping centers are a little more crowded than normal. So do best to keep that in mind if you're still headed there in these uh, final business hours on Black Friday. And, of course, do your best to be safe. And don't forget that tomorrow, too, is Small Business Saturday. So take a look at some of the different local businesses in our towns of Chapel Hill, Carborough, and Hillsborough in Orange County to see what specials and discounts that they've got. Especially good to help them as uh, those businesses continue to find ways to bounce back after the odd last few years of operations that they've had. Speaking along those lines, another bit of industry impacted through the COVID-19 pandemic and by changing wage scales is the care working industry, which is experiencing very, very slow growth. But even as those numbers for new care workers don't go up, the needs of the people with injured or aging family members, of course, are still very consistent. One Triangle Area Service is looking to bring new people into that profession by tapping into the college student population. UNC Media Hub's Kai Turek recently followed one student and their patient to get a front row seat of how it all works and the benefits it provides. McKenna Graff is a junior at UNC Chapel Hill. When she's not in class, she is a part-time caregiver for Raymond Williams, an 84-year-old Hillsborough resident with dementia. We do companionship and I help him exercise, make sure he gets something to eat, make sure he's hydrated and help him clean up around the house a little bit and just like hang out and just like we're friends. That was Richard Peters' car. Oh. See, I never raced in a race. 
Graf started working with Williams through CareYaya, a company designed to partner college students with families that need part-time care and companionship services. It came through my UNC email, like the opportunity, and I was like, oh, like this seems like something that I'd really like to do. Paula Poe, Williams' partner, says Graf has become a vital resource for her. After Williams was diagnosed with vascular dementia in 2019, caretaking became more difficult because Poe works part-time. I know someone I can call if I have to have someone here for a little while, and I trust her, and Raymond likes her, and I like her. You know, she fits in our group. It's not so stressful as, oh, I hope I can find a nurse to come today. Williams says Graf has become like family to him since they first started working together about a year ago. We go get pedicures and manicures, and we go to Bojangles, and McKenna carried me to vote. She's kind of like my child. <laughs> Karyaya was founded by UNC Chapel Hill alum Neil Shaw in 2021. Shaw first tested the model on UNC's campus to see if the idea would work for college students. Now, they operate out of their Durham headquarters and their care has spread to multiple states nationwide. The idea came from Shaw's personal struggles with caregiving. A bunch of caregiving experiences happened to me personally. My wife um, was diagnosed with a fairly aggressive form of cancer and went through three years of uh, pretty severe treatments. And I was the primary caregiver. So I basically just like burned out of my work. I realized how little structural support there is for family caregivers and became obsessed with, um, you know, kind of uh, building a better solution. Shaw's solution, open up care opportunities to college students. College students who are studying in the healthcare field, they really want to provide care in their community as not just a way to make income on the side part-time, but also get valuable experiences and inspiration towards future clinical careers. And they're unengaged by the care economy. Back at the house, Graf says she values how close she and Williams have become. One thing that I love when I come here to hang out with Raymond is he always makes me laugh. He has plenty of stories to like tell about his NASCAR days. I don't feel like I'm coming to work when I come here. It's more like, oh, I'm just like coming to hang out with Raymond. Obviously, since we've been with each other for a long time, we're really comfortable with each other. So like we always talk about different things and he gives me advice and I give him advice and a little inspiration. Oh, wait, did I give you this card? Mm. I, this is my handwriting. Graf hopes to continue working and building her relationship with Williams until she graduates in 2025. In Chapel Hill, I'm Kai Turek. Thanks so much for that story, Kai, and the rest of the UNC Media Hub team. If you want to listen, read, and watch other stories reported by that class this fall semester, be sure to visit their website, mediahub.unc. One other note from University Campus this afternoon. Happy trails to Bob Bluen, the longtime dean of the Eshelman School of Pharmacy at UNC, and of course a former provost of the university as well. Bluen has now officially retired after several years in academia. He did transition away from the provost role in 2022, but had still been working with the pharmacy school over the last year while preparing for this next chapter. If you remember, during his tenure as dean of the pharmacy school, Bluen oversaw major fundraising efforts for that school compared to their prior ones and helped it earn the top spot in national rankings as well. As provost, Bluen also helped implement the school's latest strategic plan and uh, establish a couple of other new schools for UNC. So again, congratulations to Bluen on his retirement. I imagine many of our listeners might remember that name and he might be a familiar voice as well since he also sometimes hosted our 
Focus Carolina segment of years past. Time now for our sports report, and we've got plenty to catch up on. What you've heard for most of the afternoon right here on our airwaves is UNC men's basketball. They had another hard-fought game in the battle for Atlantis Showcase, and this time they were able to come out on top with a win. Today, Carolina earned an 87-72 victory over Arkansas to take third place in that tournament and pick up what is likely going to be a quality non-conference win. We'll see how Arkansas does at the end of the year, but something that Carolina did not have last year when they missed the NCAA tournament. Today's performance of the game certainly was senior R.J. Davis. He helped Carolina bounce back from their loss to Villanova by scoring 30 points on 9 of 18 shooting, tying his career high. Davis's offense, a big, big part of turning things around for the Tar Heels in the second half. They did go into the break trailing, but Davis scored 21 of his 30 points in the second half and really helped them ooch ahead about 10 minutes into that second half. Here's a highlight of one of those buckets from Davis coming from UNC's patented fast break offense and with Davis fouling out one of Arkansas's front court players. Here's audio of that highlight courtesy of Learfield. And the rebound off the window to Ingram. The Tar Heels race down court with Davis against Mitchell. Drill foul. Throws up a floater. Count it. There's one more and Mitchell finished with foul number five. Good aggressive play by R.J. Davis recognizing Mitchell really didn't want to foul him but had to and R.J. Davis able to disqualify one of Arkansas's best post threats. Uh, Carolina also had some more foul trouble today, but their depth helped get them through that. It was also especially important since guard Cormac Ryan had to sit out due to the ankle injury he picked up in the closing seconds of that loss against Villanova on Thursday. In his absence, Seth Trimble got the start and had a career high, tw- I should say, Elliot Cadeau got the start. I'm sorry there. He had a pretty good all-around game, but Seth Tremble was kind of the other guard star. He had a career-high 12 points, including two clutch three-pointers. Harrison Ingram, again, another productive performance with a double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds. And Paxson Wojcik was important off the bench for the Tar Heels, and especially as they tried to pull away at the end of the game, Wojcik. Wojcik hit his first three-pointer since the season opener to help push UNC's lead to its winning 15-point margin. Here's the call from that highlight. Davis bouncing it just inside the midcourt stripe in the Imperial Arena. Pass to Wojcik. Open three. Left side. Count it! Wojcik, he raises those hands, and Carolina's got its biggest lead at 85-70. So Carolina leaves the Bahamas with a 2-1 record in that showcase. They are now 5-1 on the season and plenty to take from this road trip experience. It certainly seems like this team is not going to fold when they face some adversity, whether that's from opponents or the officials. And they also seem to find their shooting strokes a bit. They didn't shoot the best in their opening three games in Chapel Hill as they worked on their chemistry. Uh, but they, you know, along those lines, still need to work on that chemistry and have plenty of other things to work on, too. For the second game in a row, Hubert Davis's team team could not find an answer for one specific opposing player. Today, it was Traymon Mark of Arkansas who poured in an efficient 34 points, 
just 24 hours after UNC also gave up 34 points to Villanova's Eric Dixon. Both of those were career highs for those players and might have set a blueprint for how to try and attack the Tar Heels if these teams, if their opponents have that ability to do so in terms of uh, individual matchups. Of course, tons of foul calls as well, which also reflects the need to continue working on UNC's defense. Brief note on Arkansas's mark. So he was the leading scorer and, uh, and catalyst for their game, but he ended the game with a scary fall and crash onto the floor in the last couple of minutes. He actually had to be stretchered off of the court in the Bahamas. Let's hope he ends up being okay. Back to the Tar Heels, Carolina will have a couple of days to recover from this trip, but they do have a marquee matchup now awaiting them in Chapel Hill on Wednesday night. Number 7, Tennessee, who is coming off of a loss to Kansas, is going to be coming into town for the ACC-SEC Challenge. The Tar Heels will look to try and build their momentum off of today's win in that one on Wednesday. Meanwhile, UNC women's basketball was also in action this afternoon, and they began their own three-game stretch as they are in the Gulf Coast Showcase down in Florida. It was an even tougher time for the Heels in their opening game against Vermont to put the bucket or put the ball in the bucket. They clawed back from a big deficit to win 54-51. They were trailing all game and shot just 33% from the field. Carolina 2 from 16 from the three-point land as well. But Vermont didn't shoot a whole lot better, and despite them leading 45-34 with six minutes to go, UNC closed out the Catamounts with an 18-6 run in those final minutes and hit some clutch free throw shooting at the end to really ice the game. So the Tar Heels get the win there. They will be playing tomorrow in the, in the semifinals of that, game, of that showcase case we will not be broadcasting that game tomorrow though because we will have the typical unc football broadcast conflicting with it so we will we will have unc football tomorrow we will have unc women's basketball on sunday whether it will be in the championship game or the third place game for that showcase and of course tip time for that sunday game has not yet been decided be sure to check out our broadcast calendar on chapelboro.com for whenever it is One last other team in action today. UNC women's volleyball faced Duke in Chapel Hill. It was the last regular game of the season. And even though they didn't have the best year under their new head coach, they did end up closing things out with a victory over their rival Duke. It was a thrilling game, a five-set match. Carolina had to come back from down 1-0 and 2-1 in sets and then eventually won that fifth set 15-12. So they take the final win in dramatic fashion. Congratulations to them. We'll see if this trio of wins can add a one more win for Tar Heel teams in action today as UNC women's soccer is facing BYU in the NCAA quarterfinals. The game is in Provo, Utah. BYU is the higher seed here. Carolina is the third seed. BYU, I believe, a one seed. But Carolina has had success in the past against the Cougars. They are 2-0 historically in the NCAA tournament against them. They'll try and stay undefeated in that case tonight and keep their season alive. A trip to the College Cup, soccer's Final Four, is on the line for the Tar Heels. First kick is tonight at 8 p.m. As we've been talking about today, the story predominantly in sports for Tar Heel fans is UNC men's and UNC women's basketball, but a big game happening tomorrow night as the football regular season wraps up. Carolina's 2023 slate might not have gone the way that the Tar Heels and its fans had hoped. They are sitting at 8-3, and three, but they've had a couple of losses that derailed them from higher aspirations. This weekend, though, offers one last chance for redemption as they visit NC State tomorrow 
tomorrow night in Raleigh. UNC has not beaten the Wolfpack since the 2020 season, and tomorrow's game presents not just a shot to earn a ninth win for the team, but also to avenge some past slights. 97.9 The Hill's Michael Coe has this report. For college football fans around the country, a few rivalries stand out as among the best of the best. Alabama versus Auburn. Ohio State versus Michigan. Notre Dame versus, well, everybody. Residents of 49 of the 50 states might simply gloss over the more local feud between Carolina and NC State. But once you cross the border, the bad blood becomes very, very real. Take it from UNC edge rusher and native Georgian Cayman Rucker, who grew up learning more about the Bulldogs and Yellow Jackets than the Tar Heels and Wolfpack. For me, being from Georgia, I didn't really hear a lot about the UNC NC State rivalry until I got here. And then you just really start to understand how much we don't like NC State. And then it's just like, you know, first year you're just like, okay, I don't like NC State because I'm not supposed to. And then after a while, once you get a couple of reps with them in game, now you then you start to feel like, okay, now I can see why the rivalry um, the rivalry stays. So. You know, just um, nah, coming from Georgia, I didn't realize how intense this was until I actually got here. Junior receiver and native South Carolinian J.J. Jones had a similar experience, although he said being a year younger than Rucker gives him a distinct disadvantage in bragging rights. I know I haven't beat State since I've been here, so it's always been a big goal for me is to make sure I come out with a victory against NC State. I know they hate us as much as we hate them, so we're excited. Each of Carolina's last two losses to the Wolfpack have been decided on the final play and seem to have been scientifically concocted to cause as much pain to Tar Heel fans as possible. Two years ago, UNC took a nine-point lead in Raleigh with less than two minutes to go. But thanks to two late touchdowns sandwiched around an onside kick recovery, NC State staged a miraculous comeback. Last year, fourth-string quarterback Ben Finley outgunned Drake May in Keenan Stadium, with Noah Burnett's missed field goal sealing State's double overtime win. Jones said it's the memory of last year's loss in particular which stings the most. We still remember some of the things they did after the games. Uh, you know, I, I know I took it personally. I wasn't a fan of what they did. What the Wolfpack did after the jubilation of the missed field goal was plant an NC State flag in the middle of the Keenan Stadium turf. Photos of the gesture quickly circulated online and will likely make a reappearance in Carter-Finley Stadium on Saturday. May, who could very possibly be playing in his final game as a Tar Heel tomorrow night, said he also didn't take too kindly to the flag plant. Anytime somebody um, you know, does something like that on, on, your, on your home field, it's just disrespectful. So, uh, you know, our, our plan is to get back at him and uh, you know, try to you know, come out on the right side this year. As prominent as the photo likely is in Raleigh circles, it may be even more so in Chapel Hill. Senior linebacker Cedric Gray, who will be authoring his regular season swan song tomorrow, said the team used the Wolfpack celebration as fuel almost immediately. It's something that we've we've actually talked about, you know, taking us a little bit into our offseason. Coach Hess on, on big squat days, he would put the picture up on the screens, on screens around the weight room just as as motivation. So it's it's definitely something that's been on our mind for a long time. Mac Brown is an even seven and seven in fourteen games against the Wolfpack as Carolina's head coach, which becomes more impressive when remembering he lost his first five against them. Rumors of the 72-year-old's retirement began circulating last week, 
but this week Brown said he's as ready as ever to once again send the pack packing. Rival games are, are like a whole season. Uh, it's something that heroes are made in. Uh, it's something you'll remember for the rest of your life. Uh, so nothing matters this week except focusing on uh, this game. It's a great rival, and, and both teams are good. To Brown's point, Carolina and State enter the game with identical 8-3 and three marks. But it's the Wolfpack who have the high ground in the ACC standings at 5-2, and two, compared to UNC at 4-3. and three. It seemed implausible a few weeks ago, when Carolina was in the top 10 and NC State was looking for answers at quarterback, that the pack could finish with a better record. Now, times have changed. No ACC titles are on the line in Carter-Finley. It's something arguably even more valuable and harder to hold on to. Clean, old-fashioned bragging rights. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Michael Coe.